Apparently, there's nothing more confusing for the Democrats as to what to do with a principled senator. Hey, everybody, I'm Steve Green with Bill Whittle and Scott Ott, and this is Right Angle, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. And when I say a principled senator, I mean one of their own. In this case, it's Joe Manchin of West Virginia. Um, gentlemen, as you're probably aware, uh, Joe Manchin effectively killed Joe Biden's presidentish Joe Biden's build back Bolshevik agenda. Oh, sorry, I quoted that again. <laughs> I keep doing that. Yeah, it's an easy mistake to make. Yeah, by announcing his opposition to it late last week. And the White House responded uh, not with some uh, behind-closed-doors negotiations, not with some gentle wooing in the press, but by sicking mean girl Jen Psaki on him. And this, this is the quote. Um, she said, just as Senator Manchin reversed his position on Build Back Better, by the way, he didn't. He always nope. said it was too big. Uh, this morning, we will continue to press him to see if he will reverse his position yet again. He didn't reverse it the first time. To honor his prior commitments, he didn't make one. And be true to his word. Oh, Jen Psaki has so many words. Um, <laughs> Scott, they seem to be playing from a playbook called How to Lose Friends and Infuriate People. Is is this any way to uh, to bring a wayward senator back into the fold? You know, I've frequently been amazed at how um, awkward politicians are when you think that their entire profession is rhetorical persuasion, how terrible they are at it. Um, they seem to think that you can get somebody to do something by backing them into a corner or by embarrassing them or showing them up in front of their friends and supporters. Um, if I'm Joe Manchin at this point, I'm thinking, you know what? I hope, oh, oh, please, White House, dispatch the president to my state and have him campaign against me. This is this is called guaranteed reelection for Joe Manchin in the next election yes. cycle for him. Um, and I don't think Manchin's playing it that way. I don't think he's thinking politically. I don't think he's really even looking at his own uh, legacy or anything like that or what advantages him particularly. I think he's looking at the people of his state most of whom are opposed to this giant boondoggle of an omnibus bill. And uh, by the way, Manchin's response to this were, was, hey, if you want to take this bill and break it up to into its constituent uh, pieces and then have an up or down vote on it in the Senate and in the House, go ahead and do that. But make it something that a, a legislator can actually vote on. Don't throw everything in the kitchen sink all into one big basket and then say, okay, now, you know, either you're with us or you're with the terrorists. Um, this is just <laughs> absurd. And, you know, God bless Joe Manchin for standing up to it. And it's unbelievable that, you know, not only is is Joe Biden, who allegedly got elected because of the uh because of his reputation for being able to bring people from both sides of the aisle together and and he is so bad at it and the woman that he hired to be his chief communications officer then stands up in public and tries to humiliate a US senator i don't think uh, it's hard to imagine that former senator biden does not know who he's messing with when he messes with a senator like this but this can't work out well for him and uh you know conservatives and republicans rejoice uh, yeah, indeed. And, and I'm, I'm trying to imagine what the White House was thinking. Since this is a crafted statement, so mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out the craftsmanship that went into this when in West Virginia, Joe Biden pulls worse than black lung. 
Um, this is just, he is not popular. And Manchin's home. at 60%. So Manchin is quite that's popular. That's going to go up. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, it's going to go nowhere but up. Uh, Trump won West Virginia last year by 68 point something percent. This is this is the reddest uh, red country outside of Utah, maybe. Um, Bill, there's actually some uh, some history here that I'd, I'd kind of forgotten about. I'm going to read you from my friend Larry O'Connor's town hall column from earlier this week. He said Dems could have used the reconciliation process to raise the debt ceiling and keep the government funded. They didn't need a single re- Republican vote to do it, but that process would have been lengthy and difficult. And they might have had their own party members looking at you, AOC, he writes, with stupid last minute items that would have embarrassed the party by revealing the truly radical nature of their power base. So McConnell. Mitch McConnell gave in and did Chuck Schumer a favor, Larry writes. Do you remember how Larry Schumer, or how Schumer thanked him by laying into Mitch McConnell with a diatribe on the floor of the Senate? And if you'll recall, Bill, that's the famous scene where you can actually lip read Joe Manchin leaning over to somebody else and saying, this is crazy what Chuck Schumer is doing shortly before burying his face in his hands. Um, I guess my question, Bill, is Democrats for the last hundred years have been the party of entitlement, and they've really seemed to absorb that entitlement mentality into how they conduct themselves, haven't they? Yes. My first question when you were telling that story is, why is Mitch McConnell doing any favors for Schumer? Uh, this is my first question that right out of the gate. Why, why would you do that? Uh, so the Democrats would own the process is why. Okay. There are, we've seen with the, with the, cancel, the cancel culture advent and, and its predecessors, we've seen this for at least four, five, six years now. And it seems to me that there's one lesson to be learned from that. And that is that if you do something that, that uh, basically uh, pisses off half the country and then you go back on it, then you piss off the other half of the country. And, and there is no happy ending to that. How many times have we seen people stand up to cancel culture and said, yay, and then turns out two days later, they reverse themselves and issue uh, a groveling apology, which doesn't get them back in with the people who were angry with them in the first place and the people who admired them for standing up, they don't like them anymore either. Uh, my policy on this is if I'm wrong, you get a sincere apology and you get one. Uh, and um, and if I'm not wrong, then, then I'm sticking to my guns forever. So when you get a guy who's able to resist the kind of pressure that um, he's been able to resist, this is not the way to uh, to bring this guy back. If he hasn't cracked yet, as Scott pointed out in our backstage show, if he hasn't cracked yet, he's not cracking. And, and I'll tell you what this reminds me of, Steve. The, this reminds me of another individual who doesn't seem to, to be too um, uh, pliable in the hands of, of public opinion, and that's Elon Musk. When Elon Musk basically said, we're going back to work with Tesla because I've looked at the hospital data and there's just not that many sick people here. One of the members of the um, California uh, legislature basically tweeted F, F, yes, tweeted F Elon Musk. And she didn't say F. Um, And Elon Musk had one word reply for that. He said, message received. And now Tesla's moving to Texas. Uh, The, the, not just the jobs, but the, but the jobs in the green it's the green wet dream jobs that are going to Texas because somebody pushed an individual with a sense of pride and a sense of self-respect too far. And 
um, the attacks on on Mansion, I don't think, are are what's going to push him into a state of open. All right, you want to play play that way? It's the attacks on his state and on his people that I think are causing him to really now just really say, all right, that's how you want it. Uh, Bette Midler, one of our betters, who's a, a famous celebrity and, and therefore not only morally superior to us, but intellectually superior to us as well, had this charming thing to say. Uh, what if uh, Joe Manchin, who represents a population smaller than Brooklyn, has done what Joe Manchin, who represents a population smaller than Brooklyn, has done to the rest of America, who wants to move forward, not backward, like his state, is horrible. Oh he sold us out. He wants us all to be just like his state, West Virginia, poor, illiterate, and strung out. That's how you get a 100% approval rating when you run for re-election as a Republican. Uh, and, and that's what I think uh, Joe Manchin is looking at. But more to the point... More to the point, I have no doubt whatsoever that Bette Midler actually believes that when people go to work in West Virginia every day, Granny's up on the top of the truck in a rocking chair, and Jed's <laughs> driving the truck with his with his you know with his broad hat and his and his and his shooting iron on the side. I really believe that's what she believes about West Virginia, and this is yet another sign, Steve, of this fundamental realignment that's going on in American politics today, where the Republican Party historically has been the party of the executives and the and the, you know, and the rich and the and the and the and the white. And it's like, nope, now the rich white people are Democrats and and people who work for a living are turning more and more towards conservative or Republican values. And we look at rhinos and say, these don't represent us. They don't represent us. They represent the elite power structure just like the Democrat politicians represent the elite power structure. It really is getting to be the time now where we should stop thinking about Republicans and Democrats and start thinking about elitists on the inside of the beltway and those of us on the outside of the beltway and start making some friends with those people. And uh, Joe Manchin uh, is turning out to be on the same side as we are. And I suspect that might be because he has a character, backbone and a soul. But I'm just guessing. <laughs> nice things to have, uh, especially in Washington these days, increasingly rare. Listen, I, I have some serious beefs with Senator Manchin. Um, he's the reason I own an AR-15. I was never a rifle shooter. I was always into pistols and revolvers. But uh, one day, five, six years ago, he said after one of these shootings, and I quote, due process is what's killing us. And as I mm. would hope that right angle viewers know, due process is the heart and soul of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Due process isn't what kills us. Due process is what saves us from uh, from big, bad government. Good Lord. So I was so offended by that. It was over summer break. So I packed up my kids in the car. I drove to Cabela's and I bought an AR-15. <laughs> And a story, and I love shooting the dang thing. So, yeah, I have some serious beefs with Joe Manchin. On the other hand, I try and have an honest debate with him as much as I can from my little blogging pedestal here at, uh, in Colorado. But to have members of your own party actively driving you out of it the way that I've watched Democrats do to Joe Manchin over these last few weeks, all I can say is, Senator, we have some disagreements, but stand Fast. I never thought I would say this in a million years, but that build back Bolshevik agenda is such poison that, Senator, you are saving the country. You are saving the country. So please, sir, stand fast and thanks so much for your service, especially for the people of West Virginia. Those are good people. All right, that's your right angle on that. So thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next time. 